betrayed them. Had Thorgrim and Harald, and no more than ten of their men, were able to escape with their lives. Thorgrim Nightwolf was not the sort who would let such a wrong go unavenged, and soon he gathered the few men he had with him and told them they would seek vengeance on those who had betrayed them. It so happened there were a number of Irish bandits, who, seeing the chance for plunder, joined with Thorgrim and the others. They were led by a man named Conan, who was well known among the thieves and bandits of that region. Soon, through means of cunning and skill, with sword and shield, Thorgrim had his revenge, killing the Irish lord and those others who had betrayed them. Then he reclaimed the longport of Viglow and the plunder he had gathered there for himself and his men. Thorgrim killed Otar in a homganga, which is a duel between two men. But in doing so, Thorgrim was gravely wounded in his legs and was not even able to walk. But a horse was found for him, and he was brought back to Viglo, and there his wounds were tended. Soon he was all but healed, and as the days of spring yielded to the full blossoming of summer, Thorgrim took his place again as the lord of Viglo. Here is what happened. Chapter 1. Not on necks of oxen or cows is my champion's sword blunted. Tis on kings that the sword in Diermit's hand today makes a whistling noise. The Battle of Khan Honil. When the sun came up that morning, illuminating the thick blanket of grey, white and black cloud, making visible the deluge of rain that was falling and had been falling for more than a week, Brassel Mok Mariachtich was still the king of a small tuaher to the south of Duvlin, and now, just past midday, he was dead. He died in Conondil's arms, the rain pelting his pale and frightened face, the sand under his body dark and wet. The bleeding had been considerable, and from several wounds. She had done what she could to stop it. If they had been in Brassel's hall, where she might have stripped his clothing and got to the wounds in a proper way, where there would have been warmth from a great hearth-fire, then she might have saved him, but that was not how it was. They had been driven to this place by the sea, Brassel borne along by two of his men after being struck down in the first few minutes of the battle. It had been a panicked flight, and the manner in which the two bearers carried Brassel had not been gentle. That rough treatment, and the cold and the wet, and Conondil's inability to properly treat the wounds, had all led to the old man's death on that bitter, surf-scarred stretch of Shingle Beach. The attack had come just after first light, and it had come from the west. The first indication that any of them inside Brassel's ringfort had of any trouble in the offing was the sound of shouts and screaming, muted and far off, and the trample of horses. It was the music of some great catastrophe, and it seemed to come out of the rain itself. The distant noise had brought men to the top of the walls, straining to hear or see. But the rain blotted out most sound, and the country in the distance seemed to fade into a grey nothing. Raiders? Bracken, Mock, Brassel asked, standing next to his father on the earthen wall of the ringfort. Conondil stood beside him. She was Bracken's wife of five months. They had both leapt from their bed to scale the walls as the sentries shouted their alarm. They had found Brassel already there. Raiders for certain, Brassel said. But who? Fengul? Conondil asked. The heathens? It terrified her just to say the words. She had been taken by the heathens the past summer, 
found a way for the slave markets of Frisia, when God had sent her the means of salvation. She knew it had to be God, because her escape was so like a miracle, even if she did bring it about by fornicating with one of the heathens and fleeing as he slept. But that was past, confessed, and forgiven. Could be the heathens, Bressel said, but I would not expect them to come from the west. If they were going to raid, they would come from the sea, I would think. The her that Brassel ruled was on the coast, and the ring fought not far from the beach from which the local fishermen put out to sea in leather-covered boats to cast their nets. That Horus son Ohu, then, Brocken suggested. Ohu was the reed her of the lands that neighboured Brassels, and like all good neighbours in Ireland, they were forever raiding one another. But they were cattle raids, mainly, quick forays over the border to scoop up the other's cows the chief measure of wealth in Ireland.